0: Deep Work by Cal Newport Summary from 4-Minute Books Written by Nicholas Gouquet and read by Craig Trailer. One-sentence summary Deep Work proposes that we have lost our ability to focus deeply and immerse ourselves in a complex task, showing you how to cultivate this skill again and focus more than ever before with four simple rules. Favourite quote from the author If you don't produce, you won't thrive, no matter how skilled or talented you are. I'm still digesting all the valuable lessons from So Good They Can't Ignore You, but I couldn't help taking a peek at what Cal is up to now. He's been talking about the idea of deep work for quite some time on his blog, a way for him to test potential book topics. And now the accompanying book is out. Given that we now suffer from an eight second, less than a goldfish attention span, Cal's call to focus is more than appropriate. Digging deeper into deliberate practice, a concept he described in his last book, Deep Work, suggests that being able to completely immerse yourself in a complex task is a rare, valuable, and meaningful skill. The second part of the book then outlines four rules you can use to cultivate a deep work ethic. Here are three lessons from deep work to help you go from busy to brilliant. One, there are four strategies for deep work, all of which require attention. Two, productive meditation can help you work deeper, even while you're taking a break. And three, stop working at the same time each day. I hope you brought your scuba diving gear, because we're about to go deep. Lesson one. Use one of these four deep work strategies, but be attentional about it. I'm glad that Cal isn't one of those one-size-fits-all advice kind of people. He knows that different things will work for different people. So when making his case for deep work, he suggests four different strategies. Number one. The monastic approach. Monastic comes from a monastery, the place where monks live. It means shutting yourself off completely. For example, by moving to a cabin in the woods to write a novel and not come back until it's finished. Number two, the Bimodel model approach. This prioritises deep work above everything else, You could set a four to six hour block each day for deep work. For example, where you lock yourself in an office, similar to the monastery approach. However, once that block is over, you're free to do everything else that might be on your plate. Number three, the rhythmic approach. This chunks down your work into time blocks. Similar to the Pomodoro technique, and causes a calendar to track your progress. For example, you plan your week ahead of time and put 10 blocks of 90 minutes on your calendar and make working with time blocks a habit. Number four, the journalistic approach. If you have a busy daily routine, this works well. What you do is to simply dedicate any unsuspected free time to deep work. I'm currently alternating between 2 and 4 depending on the kind of day that's ahead of me but would love to move completely to 2 over time being intentional about deep work approach requires monitoring how you spend your time so one of your first steps is making this decision should be to track your habits you'll quickly be able to separate productive from unproductive time and spot patterns speaking of which lesson number 2 Make the most of unproductive time with productive meditation. This is an idea I really like and have recently been using more and more. Without knowing I'd find it in this book, Cal calls it productive meditation, and it comes down to your unproductive time to do deep thinking. For example, if you're taking the subway to work each morning and know you have 30 minutes to and from work in which you can't do much else, use this time to try and solve complex problems in your mind. Commuting, showering, household chores, buying groceries and taking a walk with or without your dog are the great opportunities to think. Ever since getting an activity tracker, I try to walk 10,000 steps per day, which is why I often end up taking a long one to two hour walk in the evening. I often spend this time thinking about how to make four-minute books more remarkable, what I could create that is so new and unfamiliar that it takes things to a whole new level, and so on. The next time you have some downtime, in which you do some menial tasks, latch onto the big problem, try to see sub-problems of it, break it down and solve it. Lesson 3. Quit work at the same time each day and stick to it cow has a habit of ending his work day at 5:30 p.m. every day no emails no internet no to-do lists no computer after that he describes his practice in this seven-year-old blog post and while his systems evolve planning both work and free time have remained a constant factor your brain needs some space each night to wind down And it won't get that if you have an as-much-as-possible work ethic. Limit yourself by quitting work and not checking emails. Or even better, shutting down your computer at the same time each day. This way, you'll have a fixed slot of free time every day to recuperate. Your mind will keep working below the surface. But you won't burn yourself out by working around the clock. For example... I let the inbox pause move my email to my inbox at 11am and 6pm. After I check it for the second time at 6pm, I wrap up work and shut down my laptop. Most of the days, it's still a work in progress. So I can then exercise and have a proper dinner and feel much better for it. Deep work review. I've only checked out some previews, read excerpts, interviews with Cal articles on his blog and the summary on Blinkist for this one so far. But I can't wait to get my hand on it. I've been moving towards a deep work mindset already and I'm feeling more productive than ever. I highly recommend you explore the concept of deep work. What else can you learn from the blinks? One, what switching cost is and how it hurts your productivity. Two, How much time workers spend jumping from distraction to distraction? It's more than half. Three. Which free rituals can help you be more intentional about your deep work? Four. Why you should try being selective about using technology? And five. How to use your calendar the right way? Who would I recommend the deep work summary to? The 19-year-old aspires to a career as a creative, the 35-year-old consultant who's bombarded with notifications every day, and anyone who thinks their attention span is too short.